everyone. Welcome back to the Queens of Social Work podcast. I'm your co-host, Queen P. And I'm your co-host, Queen H. We invite you all to join us this week as we share, laugh, cry, and learn through our experiences as women of color who happen to be social workers. So let's get started. (laughs) So today we're talking about the end of life. Now, talking about death and dying can be scary, but death is a part of life and it will happen to us all, young and old. The best thing we can do for ourselves and for our loved ones is to be responsible and to plan appropriately. If people love you, they will most certainly experience grief when you're not here. Hell, if they don't love you, (laughs) they may still have some feelings and grieve the fact that you're no longer here and the fact that they now have to figure out life without you. This means that you should set them up for your departure as best you can. You know, one of the things that helps with anxiety overall is having a plan. So we want to talk today about how to prepare for end of life, what that is, what that looks like, and what's next. So, you know, um, this is a hard topic. And I think, you know, we're going to talk about this in two parts, you know, how we help clients deal with this. Um, and preparing, you know, working in medical social work, but then also how you prepare yourself because things hit differently when it's you. And it's sad to say, but that is true. You can know everything in the world, but when you have to do it, it's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, So we just wanted to give a little bit of information. So for instance, when we're working with a patient um, who may be terminally ill, there is something that um, the team or the social worker will help put in place. And when I mean the team, they'll consult, let's say it's cancer, they'll consult the cancer or palliative team to discuss the patient's different options. One of those options, if a patient has six months or less to live, is hospice care. And hospice care focuses on care, comfort, and quality of life of a person with a serious illness who is approaching the end of life. At some point, it may not be possible to cure a serious illness or a patient may choose not to undergo certain treatments. So most times it is designated when the life expectancy is determined as such. So for instance, when I was younger, um, my mom uh, had cancer and when she was getting closer to the end of her life, she was in hospice care at home. You can do hospice care in a facility or you can do it at home. You have a bed that comes to your house if that's what's needed. You know, a nurse will come in and check. And there's just certain other comforts that you're able to get to make your you comfortable because for some people, the end of life can be um, painful physically. Um, there are other things, you know, they help you deal with it mentally. There's support groups. So there's a lot of things that come with hospice care. Um, And I think it's important that when we have our clients, our patients, whoever we're working with, we can be a little bit versed in this so that we can help them or encourage the family to ask the medical professionals about um, the possibility of this if we're talking about end of life. I agree, H. You know, one of the things that we don't think about, um, let me just say, in my experience, this is a frazzling time. Hell, sometimes the first time that you hear that your loved one has a limited life expectancy is when they're already transitioning. You know what I mean? They could be Mm -hmm. fine yesterday and today, boom, they're not so fine. 
And so when people talk about, oh, you know, so-and-so wanted to die at home, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be, you know, home with that person, watching them go through this. So it is imperative that you as the caretaker, you as the family have lined yourself up some supportive services, those grief support groups. The psychologist is supposed to be a part of the um, hospice team. In some cases, there's a social worker who's a part of that hospice team um, who comes in and does counseling and and really helps to um, support the family in these times. Because watching someone that you love pass away is not easy at all. Um, one of the things also, apart from and in conjunction with hospice, is palliative care. It is specialized medical care for people living with serious illness, such as cancer or heart failure. Patients in palliative care may receive medical care for their symptoms, or palliative care rather, along with treatment intended to cure their illness. So just because someone's diagnosed with cancer does not mean that they're dying tomorrow. And also, it does mean that they can get on palliative care services, also while taking chemo, also while taking other treatments. You know, palliative is separate from hospice. Hospice is kind of closer to the end, and palliative is something that will help manage the symptoms that you're experiencing rather than curing or rather than extending the life expectancy. Yes. Although it's hard, just like Queen P said, um, to have these kind of discussions, we have to plan because I've seen so many things where people have passed and there was no plan and it leaves the family in discord. A highly publicized case, that's, that's a prince, right? You know, we saw what happened to that. They had to go to court. It was this, it was that. It Just so much confusion. But if you, the person, lays out a plan so that there's no confusion, everybody knows what they need to do or, quote unquote, what they get, because, you know, that's what people be worried about sometimes. <laughs> um, there's no need for, you know, any discord. Part of the plan is you can name a power of attorney. Now, a power of attorney is a legal authorization for a designated person to make decisions about, you know, your property, your finances, and sometimes even your medical care. And why this would be good is that let's say you become incapacitated or you, you're, you're getting older and you realize that you are slowly forgetting, you're having memory loss. If you appoint a power of attorney, that person can begin to make um, decisions on your behalf. And you can also make it so that it's only active or in, in use when you cannot do something. It cannot be necessarily um, at all times. You know, sometimes it is for all times. So it just depends on the terms and how you would do it. And of course, you want to go and talk to an attorney about this so that you can be very clear on the language of, of the document. Or you can have a basic one and this person is just your person to make you know your decisions. And it can be scary to give someone this power. However, when we're at the end of the line and we're down to the wire and you have issues, you know, within a family, for instance, let's say you have a wife, right, that you never divorced, um, but you have a girlfriend and moved on, a girlfriend can't say or do anything because you still got a wife. And so your wife is the next of kin. So now she can go in there and do all of this stuff that you did not want. First of all, that means take care of your business people. So there's no way you should have a wife still if you guys have been separated for 20 years. 
that's not my business. I know people have do things and they say it's cheaper to keep her, but in the long run, it is not. So um, power of attorney is important. And while you preach into the choir, let me tell you about some bacchanals going on here. Oh, geez. I had a family member who recently passed and sure enough, his wife was back home and he was here living his life. And sure enough, he passed. And when this lady came through with her visa, she was like, nope, bam, we're not doing none of that. (laughs) Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) Everything upside down. But anyhow, I will say that it's very, very important to recognize that um, there are different types of power of attorneys and that um, it's primarily focused on one's assets. So you can have one for for that. You can have one for estates. You can have one for a business, et cetera. Anyway. Healthcare proxy is the thing that um, you will find most common when you're in the hospital setting um, because it speaks directly to your medical care. Now, the healthcare proxy is a document that names someone you trust as your proxy or agent to express your wishes and make healthcare decisions for you if you're not able to speak for yourself. Keep in mind that um, a healthcare proxy may also be called a durable medical power of attorney or an appointment of healthcare agent or healthcare surrogate. Naming a proxy can help ensure that you get the healthcare that you prefer in the event that you cannot communicate your wishes. Also, bear in mind that the person you choose as your healthcare proxy should really be somebody who knows what your wishes are, not somebody who's going to decide what they want on your behalf. That's not what this is, okay? Not, oh, I think she will want. No, ma'am. No, sir. Not, I think she would want, I think he would want. It's not that. It's somebody who you've said to explicitly, hey, this is what I need done on my behalf if I'm not able. And so please be sure that you guys are having these conversations with your clients, your patients, your loved ones, your relatives, with your own family, because people need to know what your desires are so they can execute them at the time that you're not able to. I'm just saying it. Because a lot of time I see people forging the paper and sending it in, oh, you know, <laughs> there was a time we had a patient and um, he had like three healthcare proxy forms mm-hmm. with like three different people because the daughter was sending in um, forms that she signed off on, you know, talking about, oh, we this is what we're doing for him. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No. And you're not the next kin, so sit down. Thanks. Listen, they people say you see the worst out of people. Birth, right? Mm-hmm. A wedding or marriage or some kind of celebration like that and death, right? You do. People, uh, oh, Lord Jesus. we can go into this for days. Why do you think that is, H? Do you think it's the emotion of the of the moment? What do you think that is? Because people be crazy when time comes for stuff. Part of it has to do with self-preservation. So that's where greed comes in because oh. they're trying to get something. Sometimes it's somebody's hate for someone else. So they ruin up the event because they don't like this other person. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole number of things in the human condition, but it lies in the person who has the issue. Indeed. And you know what, too? What just came up for me is boundaries. Hmm. How your mother planning the whole wedding because she never got married? How about that? <laughs> Right? Like, sometimes it's just like people feeling entitled to your life if they've helped you along the way, if they feel like they've supported you or what have you. Like, they feel like it's their moment, too, to shine. And that comes up a lot. So there's that, I guess, that plays a role, too. 
And it's power and control because I have an aunt. Yes. Story. You talk about Baca now. Okay. This, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not gonna call her a name because I'm trying to reform my life. Yes. But this lady, she thrives on being the power of attorney for my grandmother, who's still alive. Mm -hmm. You know, she's in her 90s, thank goodness, you know, and she making it, and she's a good body girl. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Nice, nice sweet thing. You understand? <laughs> Grandma is a nice and sweet, okay? She out here, still out here, can pull anybody she want, all right? Okay. But anyway, I digress. But she just makes all kind of bacchanal for her siblings when it comes to her grandma. She want them to help, then she don't want them to help. She want mm -hmm. to say that she laid down on the cross and she is the savior of grandma and don't nobody do nothing. But how can anybody do nothing when you terrorizing the people? When you terrorizing the family, right? Mm. Writing letters to people with all kind of bacchanal in it, cussing them, telling them they're not smart. You if I read to you the letter that she tried to write me, and I said, I was about to get on a plane to go Girl, overseas. I know, I know. To bust her ass. I'm sorry, I must talk like this because she thinks she's the only one that can romp. I can romp too, you understand? I can go on bad. OMG. And she thinks, say, somebody wants something from, listen, I don't want nothing from my grandmother. I don't need nothing. I got my own business. I got my own thing, right? She thinks, say, people want something for my grandma. Don't nobody want nothing. Everybody else got their life, got their things, the things that they want. Miss, nobody don't want nothing. But it'd be the person, because you want it to say that you're powerful and you're lording over the family member. Miss, go ahead. Since you want to take on th this and you want to be bear the burden, bear it. Don't call me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went off. I'm sorry. No, it's okay because I've been wanting to go off for a few months too, but it's okay. I appreciate you. Go ahead, sis. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. This is not where this was supposed to go, but I guess this was how you help the client and this is the personal. We tying it together. We said, this is what we doing, right? So we went there. <laughs> we had to go. There. And some of y'all might be having this. There may be an aunt or uncle you want to bust in the head because they whatless and they ain't been nothing from time, Okay. You better go off because. And I put it, listen, I want her to hear this. Listen. All right, cousins who listen, make her hear this. Uh oh. Because nobody business with her. I don't say nothing. I try to keep the peace. People say, be peaceful. I'm trying to be peaceful, but she need a bus and a slap. That's what she needs. Mm -mm. Not a bus and a slap. Lord Jesus. You see? bringing out the words it, it, it's an, it's an emotional thing you know what i'm saying you're just feeling these emotionals when it's so close to home it's like yo come on y'all doing too much and this is why people be ending up in jail and thing because y'all be yes ready yes for your ass bus that's huh. it that's it this is it. They be better be lucky I be here. I be telling people, they lucky I chant, okay? They lucky I'm out here practicing this Buddhism and trying to learn to better myself. Because if I was not, yes. I would have been on that plane. The, the moment that that message dropped through, and I don't care. I don't need nobody pick me up from the airport. That's why you get your own ends, okay? I take an Uber, okay? To our house. 
people be forgetting you have their address because you know if you uh immigrant you be writing letters okay long time we write letters back and forth before whatsapp okay whatsapp changed the game okay <laughs> yo and these messages coming through whatsapp be mad long like, <sighs> why are y'all why is the what okay i'm still scrolling down to get to the bottom of this message why i have to hear all these things you need in a barrel um but you got money stop playing anyway I digress. Sorry, sorry, digress. I'm sorry. So you stop with this bacchanal and having people want it. Well, I shouldn't say that because people going to want anyway. Make sure you have life insurance, right? We've seen mm-hmm. a number of things where people have not prepared for their life and have not gotten life insurance. And then we have to do a GoFundMe. Girl. So that you can get this up. And, and I get it. Nobody, people, listen, black people superstitious, right? Because so you think if you preparing, you thinking about death. No, preparation is key, honey. It's key so that your family don't have to go out here and begging people for money. Now, don't get me wrong. Things will come up, medical expenses. And so sometimes you may not have enough and you may have to do the GoFundMe. That's okay. But we need to have something, something. So, so let's. Listen, let's talk about this life insurance. And people try to talk about which is better. Some people say getting the whole life policy is good. Getting a term, just get something. Hey, get something. So life insurance is a contract in which an insurer in exchange for a premium guarantees payment to an insured beneficiary when the insured dies, right? Sometimes our jobs give us a little some, 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 right? But sometimes you need to have your own policy. So for instance, there's whole life insurance. A whole life insurance policy is a type of permanent life insurance that provides coverage for the life of the insured. So it don't matter if you two or you 105, someone is getting some money, right? A whole life insurance policyholder can also build cash value in the savings component of the policy. Now, Candy was on uh, Candy Burris was on there talking about how she used a whole life policy to do some or the other. Now, don't get me the lines because I can't remember everything she said. But go look on her page and hunt that down. There's something you can do with these dollars and the whole life policy and be able to draw it out to do something. I leave mine there because I got a whole life policy. I leave mine there because I ain't got the time. Okay, and I don't got the patience right now, maybe one day. Um, And then a term life insurance policy, at the end of the term, so you get it for a term, the policy terminates. Um, Insurancers allow the policyholder to convert their term policy into a whole life or renew for a longer term. So there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. But the, the key in what I'm saying, right, is to get life insurance. Now, we're not here. We're not insured, so we can't go through the in-depth. We just can tell you, get the policy because shit is happening in these streets, i.e., remember COVID. COVID was taking out people left and right. Guess what? You don't have a policy. How are you burying the people? And then in New York, right, the funeral homes in New York were rampacked, so there was none that you can go to. Jersey was rampacked, so you couldn't. So people was trying to get funeral homes in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, farther to deal with their loved ones. You don't think that costs more money? Mm -hmm. You don't think that costs more money? It's a lot. That's why, listen, I tell you, I already got a plan. You don't got to worry about no funeral home for me. Cremate me and do what you want with the ashes, okay? Spread me, keep me, that's your business. But don't put me in no ground. Do not give these people all your money, 
Okay, that's my, I digress. I'm sorry. I used to sell life insurance. If anybody looking for a recommendation, yeah, holla at us. But term <laughs> refers to five years, 10 years, 20 years, 15 years. That is the term for the policy in term life insurance. So you will have a policy that you'll pay into for 10 years. Let's say it's a 10 year term. And then at the end of that 10 years, the policy expires, right? So if you're not dead, that's good. And at that point, now you're 10 years older and your premium will go up. Whatever you were paying for your policy before, um, that cost will go up because you're now older. They'll consider other health factors and then you'll get another term if you so choose. Um, so you're paying at a different premium. The benefit may be more or less. Um, one thing you should know about term insurance, and maybe term insurance is a good thing for younger people, I don't know. Um, so term, uh, it's very affordable. Like let's say $30 a month for $150,000 worth of coverage. So again, it's for a specific identified length of time. And at the end of that time, your policy is expired and now you'll have to find something else to do um, in terms of insurance benefit coverage. You can also convert your policy like Queen H said. So I just wanted to clarify that the term is for a specific time. And once that policy expires, you now have to pay more for maybe the same amount of coverage or less coverage. So that is something to consider when you're looking at um, term life. Also, when you're looking at whole life, this is a, it's a um, like an investment and you can borrow money against the premium. When you take that money out of the premium, that money's not coming back. So let's say you have a whole life policy for 25K and you take out 10, then your death benefit will be the remaining 15. So I just wanted y'all to be clear on, on what that means. So when we help clients um, with their end of life stuff, this is what it can look like. These members can be, or these patients can be um, in the emergency room and ICU and critical care unit and step down. Um, and step down is like a transitional unit where um, they can be in telemetry where they're hooked up to monitors, et cetera. They can be on med surge unit. Um, these these uh, client patients can be anywhere in the hospital and suddenly they're hit with news that they've come to a place where they now have limited life expectancy. And so um, the first thing we want to do is obviously assess them, do a full, full social if you can. You want to have a discussion with them up front about um, advanced directives, right? You want to talk to them up front about their healthcare proxy. Who is that person that they've designated? You want to help them understand what next of kin means. Queen H alluded to it earlier. You know, just because you married and your wife is in Antigua, <laughs> um, you know, but you've been living in America 30 years <laughs> and you got a, a girlfriend and eight kids does not mean your wife's not your wife. So you definitely want to acknowledge. So let me help you guys understand a little bit about next of kin. And I think we might've talked about this before on the, on the show. Mm -hmm. So next of kin legally is the person you're married to. If you are a married person, even if you're separated from that person, that is still legally your next of kin. It is spouse. Then it is biological children, adopted children. Then it is parents. After your children, it's your parents and then your siblings. That is the order in which next of kin is identified. Of course, if there is no next of kin identified, then that would be um, someone you designate as the surrogate. You would have to designate this person if you're able to. Um, sometimes the facility that you're at, the hospital or medical center, will identify a next of kin for you based on if no one else is identified. And that's when a niece would come in or nephew, a grandchild, 
Um, they go through your biological family first. And then if they're not able to locate anyone, then we're looking at your neighbor. So y'all don't like to talk to your neighbors. Maybe it makes sense to make good with a neighbor. <laughs> Maybe it makes sense to make good with somebody at your church, at your place of worship, you know, at the school somewhere that you, maybe a professor or somebody, it is important to have relationships because you never know in which way people may have to show up for you. We've had patients who've had neighbors, like nothing but the neighbor. You're a woman, you're living alone. I'm not going to give you no cats in my imaginary story because people like to put cats and women together. I don't know what that is. She a cat lady. I don't know thank you and 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 just because you might like a cat don't mean you a cat lady okay judgment people okay let's say you a lady with a bird or let's say you a man with a dog you know what i'm saying anyhow you by yourself you in this place you're living alone you don't have any family that you're close to no family that will show up for you and then you end up needing to go to the hospital for something you got to tap in you got to tap in with a neighbor you got to check out like somebody has to show up um, because believe it or not, there are people who really have no one. Their family is all gone. COVID did tremendous work wiping out families, like extended families, et cetera. So now you have to rely on your community. And it's unfortunate that we live in a time where people don't really rely on community. We're just kind of getting to a place where we could get community. But the communities are happening online. The communities are not happening next door, you know, across the hall, down the street. You know, community is struggling right now. So I would I would implore you guys to really create community, find community, belong to something, someone, if you can, if you're able, because when you have a limited life expectancy and things are looking bleak, you're going to need somebody for sure. And you want to make that choice for yourself while you can. Only you know how somebody's going to treat you based on the relationship you have with them. You don't want to be in a position where you really don't know somebody and now they got to make choices. Like, you don't want that. And also, please understand your business and affairs. So if you appointed someone and y'all had a falling out, um, please um, change it and pick it because you don't want somebody mad at you having to make decisions for you, okay? I've seen that happen as well. So um, it's so important to have that. And so making a will and having a, a, a will and trust, you know, it's all of these kind of confusing terms. Um, but it's just so important, right? You know, the, when I first bought a house, someone advised me to put the house in a trust, which I'm, I'm working on now, um, because it makes it easier for whoever you designate to get whatever to get it because of all these other things that have to happen in order for things to be divided up if you don't have a, a will or, or, or things in a trust. So um, there are websites that can help you do that. Um, but the biggest thing is to keep all of these things together. Mm -hmm. And so there's something called a love slash legacy drawer. And we used to give this to our patients, especially if we knew that they were end of life or, or close or even just ill enough that they needed to make sure their affairs were in order. And a love drawer is where you place all of your important financial insurance, estate and end of life things. You put it in into this. So that means it contains detailed instructions for all aspects of your last wishes, financial affairs, end of life plans, your preferences. You can prepay your funeral costs by using the funeral or burial insurance. Um, and you can get that at RamseySolutions.com. But a lot of the social workers may have it or even hospice 
social workers, um, if you're in hospice or palliative care. So um, please make someone know where your, your official papers are. Um, you know, old school people, <laughs> you know, may keep it in a briefcase with a lock. <laughs> Uh -oh. I'm not saying no names, but as long as you give the person you want to have that information, the key, we good to go, right? You may have it in a file cabinet and direct certain people where your stuff is. Please do that, right? People shouldn't have to dig through your paperwork to figure out that you got 57 policies and try to coordinate all this thing. Pull it together for the people, right? Keep it together. I agree. Uh, in addition to like most people tend to put like their passport in a safe or in a lockbox. Um, people tend to keep like their vital records, birth certificate, death certificate, um, divorce certificates, those kinds of things. They tend to keep those things together, but then the life insurance policy is never really with it. I don't know why people feel hmm. like let's hide the life insurance policy. So nobody kill me and get home. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always some kind of thought process behind why people hide life insurance policies but they should not be hidden as a matter of fact it is important to plan with your family your community your loved ones about what it is that you desire so that there's no bullshit when it comes to the end you can be young and healthy and still do this let me tell you something when i got covid two years ago my ass had a whole plan down to where y'all cremated me at like everything like what i want to look like when y'all do the viewing all of that and you know what it does not hurt to provide details because at least when you provide details the people who are responsible for these things will get it right you got to nail it you know what i'm saying you get down all the details and the people will get it right and then you'll be pleased you know what i mean spiritually you know if you believe in that kind of thing you'll be pleased and satisfied with what's, what, what was done because you already laid it out how many people lay out there i think aretha Fra uh, franklin planned her funeral if I'm not mistaken, like with the three dresses, I think she did and all whole thing. You know, this young lady, Roz Single, Singletary, Singleton, she was a young woman who also recently passed. Um, I think she had been on the Ellen show, like, and her funeral was really, really nice. Like people plan, like you got to plan. Like there's nothing wrong with planning. Pre preparation is key. Planning doesn't mean that, you know, things are going to happen tomorrow that's going to take a turn for the worst but let people know what your desires are what your wishes are you know um and think about the things that you have or don't have what is most valuable to you do you have paintings that you drew yourself or mm -hmm. that you painted yourself you know do you have poetry you would like read at your service would you like a service at all um you know what are the things that are valuable to you because i've had family pass child mm -hmm. <laughs> and um you know not for nothing but a relative of mine was a hoarder and we still have like five storage bins that we have to go clean out in addition to cleaning out his place. But um, not knowing where to find anything, not having a clue of what may be or not be, having to get through all the stuff. And what sucked was that we didn't know what he felt was most valuable. We had to donate things. We had to, you know, box up everything, organize things for family to come look through and for this to happen and that to happen. And, and we'll never know what was the most valuable thing for him that we should have held on to. What is their most prized possession? So while y'all are at home or in the car or wherever y'all are listening to this show, think about what's your most prized possessions and who you want to get that, you know? Mm -hmm. Because things have sentimental value. I mean, obviously you can't collect someone's whole house and bring it to yours, but those things that are sentimental that mean something to that person, I'm sure that they wouldn't want that to just go to goodwill, you know, or anywhere. Exactly, exactly. The, all of these points are 
important. And I think the biggest thing is, as Queen P said, is just have a plan, period. Have a plan and tell people what you want. You know how many people I told what I want? I, I already let people know. First of all, you ain't got to view my body. No, I'm good. It's gone. It's a shell, right? Cremate me. Put my 25-year-old picture up there because that's how I want everybody to remember me. All right, young, sexy, <laughs> and <laughs> out here doing it. Okay, and right? And I want you to play all my jams because I want people to brook out uh -oh. and bust a wine. Do not come up there wearing black. All right, my favorite color is purple. Okay, thank you very much. And have all the foods that I like. Have some oxtail there. Let people chow down. I want it to be a celebration. Listen, I'm not here to judge the way anybody mourns, but celebrate me. I want you to slideshow, slideshow me, okay? You put all the pictures in the videos of when I was younger and I used to turn it up and get lit. Uh, listen, I love that for you. And if you go before I do, I will absolutely be in the mix up because I like mix up and you. I am the slideshow queen. Everybody passing my family, they already know, oh, people putting together the slideshow. Like I just did a slideshow. <laughs> that's it. Listen, that's it. That's it. My godmother, when she passed and we had all it before she passed, we sat down. We did, we got all her bills and affairs together. It was, we had a committee, like <laughs> it was me, her daughter, cause I was her second daughter, but her daughter, it was my best friend who was like a daughter to her. And then my sister, we sat down, went through her bills, her affairs, boom. So we knew we put it on a spreadsheet. So her daughter didn't have to deal with any of that. So she knew what bills had to be paid, what needed to be done. And then when her daughter, she did all the power of attorney. She did this, she did that. So that everything, we sat down and we did it. When we talk about personal life, I've done this. We did this, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's better to have things straight. And for her, she didn't want anybody mourning. She didn't want no whole long speeches. Yo, we played a game. <laughs> we played a game at her thing. Get to know a life. We had a, spread, a slideshow. We had the best food. And, and listen, my godmother loved cake. So we had the best cakes, the finest cakes of all of Baltimore in there. Okay. And... We just took care of it. And it was one of the best celebrations. Everybody commented on how great it was, right? So I feel like you got to decide what you want to do. If you want everybody crying, hell, do that. But I don't want it. Cry on your own time, not mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll reel that back. Okay. I love that. You know, y'all could view me. And I'm going to still be good whatever age I pass, honey. So y'all go ahead, okay, and use a recent photo. But I do want red lipstick and red fingernails. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> and I want my hair to be curly. Okay, y'all going to do a viewing. Y'all going to cremate me because nobody got time for that. But y'all also going to drop me off in the ocean somewhere because I like the water. I'm a water baby. Yes. And um, I want everybody in black. Don't y'all motherfuckers come in here with no orange. Okay. I'm sorry, Queen P, no you're going to be mad because I'm coming in purple. No, ma'am. I don't want to see navy. Okay, I want black. I'm old school Caribbean. If it's not black, y'all being disrespectful. I don't want no green, no blue. No, ma'am. Black, black, 
black, black. Thank you. I want everybody to look like they suffering because I'm going, yes, yes, bitch, suffer. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to sit in the back with my with my gray. <laughs> yes. I want you to have one of the big shades, okay? Be destroyed. What the fuck? Be destroyed. Thank you. Hello. I'm a light in the life, okay? And once my light turn off, that's it. Yes, cry. Yes, okay? You right. You right. You right. But you know- At the repass, do a yeah. ting. You know, bust a wine. Yeah. You know, play that old school- 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. Yes. Dance hall for me one time. That's yes. Gonna, the repass going to be good. Y'all going to have a good time. Y'all going to do some drumming, do some ting. It's going to be good. But the funeral, I want y'all to fall over, honey. Please just pass out. <laughs> no, no. I want y'all to go off. Yes, yes. So I'm just coming to the repass. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I can't take all that bacchanal. It's too much tribulation for me. I'm going to come right. to the repass. We Caribbean, child, we're going to be, you're going to hear the wailing from five blocks down, honey. Yes. Well, for me. Well. Listen, I, okay. I'll be at the wake. The wake and the repass. I'm leaving the funeral. I'm sorry. I can't, <laughs> I can't do all of that. When that happens, no, it's going to be cathartic. No, let it be cathartic, H. Let it heal you. Stop playing. Let that out. No, you, you, no, no. I can't do all of that. It's too much. <laughs> well, listeners, if y'all are there, y'all go ahead and wail. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll wail for you uh, at a at the wake and at the repast. I can't do it with everybody there and falling over and trying to jump I, in yes, the casket. Yes, I can't do that. Over. I need you to fall over. <laughs> But I also need current rolls um, <laughs> and pine tar at the um, repassings. And of course, all the good foods, you know. Now, I'm not an oxtail person, you know. Oh, I love oxtail. Oxtail, butter beans, rice. What? Okay. Do me a little macaroni pie now. Yes, macaroni pie. Oh, listen. Listen, I know it ain't breakfast, but put some mac and sawfish in there, okay? Yes, for and sure. Because my, my thing is not going to be during breakfast, but you're going to have some ackee and saltfish. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. And green banana. I don't want no um fried dumpling, but give me hard dough bread. Oh, no. Give me some fried dumpling and some breadfruit. Okay, roasted breadfruit. Yes. Give me Easter bun with cheese. Yes, tasty cheese. And yes. don't pop shit about my Easter bun at the funeral. Thanks. Just, Y'all going to put the- some bun down. You just, know, do me good. Do me listen, good. Listen, just get the, the man that grilled the jerk chicken on Utica uh, to come <laughs> and stand outside the place. Yo, just do all the catering on that one strip of Utica between Utica and Eastern Parkway. Just yes. everybody from there. Ali's is still over there. Y'all get the roadie skin. Y'all do all of that. You know, we're going to get a bus up shot. Yes, and, yes. We're going to do good. Polari. Yes, yes. We gonna listen. My repast gonna be popping. If y'all miss it, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, sorry guys. Okay, you know we always have to make a joke about it. Say it is a serious topic. Don't get it wrong. But if you cannot laugh, you'll be crying yes. all the time. All the so, time. So, so hopefully, what we deliver is some information for you, either in your personal life or when you help your clients. Also, another tip. Listen, you ain't got to buy these caskets from these funeral homes. They cost too much. You can buy them from Costco or Amazon, okay? My godmother, when her mother died, bought one from Costco. The same one she went to the funeral home was like $5,000, $6,000. She got it on Costco for $1,200. Okay, thank you. You know who sell caskets to? Walmart. Listen, 
Come on, get yourself a deal. Okay, if you believe in that burial business, get yourself a deal. Don't be out here spending $20,000 to bury somebody. Oh, also, let me add this. As somebody who used to sell insurance, and then I'm going to get off because I'm going to be going off a little bit. <laughs> if your loved one has insurance, right? There will be a executor, executress. There's beneficiaries on the life insurance policy. That's what the policy is for, to, to give the money to somebody who's supposed to do what they're supposed to do with it. Please make sure that before y'all buy that new truck and that new car and them new clothes and thing and send all your children to private school, that y'all fucking pay for this funeral and that you give the person a headstone or two marker, something like that's what the policy is for, to take care of the arrangements. A, a policy actually goes to the um, funeral home and oh. the funeral home cashes the policy and then you get the cash back after you've used up whatever or they've used up you know whatever amount you guys agreed upon if your funeral is going to be fifteen hundred dollars then and you got five thousand dollars worth of insurance you get back the remainder of that five thousand after the 15 is used up please don't be oh yeah she going yes i'm about to go do x y and z like, but the person needs to have a service or whatever, you know, persons need final arrangements. That's what the money is for. That's what the benefit is for. And of course, in addition, it's supposed to provide some comfort to the family after experiencing the loss. But that comes secondary to paying for these arrangements. Y'all stop playing. Y'all know that's your grandmother in there. Go get her out and do a service for her, please. Don't leave her at the county. Hmm. Don't don't do that to big mama. Don't don't do that. Don't, don't do go that. buy a Tesla. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. Their stock is down. What are y'all doing? Hmm. That's it. Y'all, thank you for listening. That's that's it. <laughs> that's all we're going to say because this, this is one of the longer episodes, okay? So we're just going to get out of here. Yes. For now. Oh, and if you're mourning and you need something a little cathartic, please go listen to Queen's J podcast. I know that she's ending her podcast, but Joy of Social Work, right? Mm -hmm. She talks about her grieving process and the loss of three very pivotal people in her life. Okay. Mom, dad, and her, her boyfriend slash fiance slash amazing man. So if you need to just go through the process, listen to that because you hear her process and how she dealt with that. And she gives some really good tips and some resources as well. So, all right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We love y'all. If you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at the Queens of Social Work pod or on Instagram at the Queens of Social Work. If you want more information on the topic we discussed today, feel free to check out our show notes or email us at the Queens of Social Work at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.